Hey everyone, and welcome back to Behind the Space Bar. Today we are recapping all things NAM. I, I'm going to try to answer the question, is the NAM show dead? Um, it's our final episode related to NAM, so if you're tired of hearing about NAM, don't worry, we'll be done in a few minutes. Uh, but I'm super excited about today's episode. Now, if this is your first time joining me, welcome. So glad you're here. Behind the Space Bar is a podcast for musicians, music directors, uh, really anyone that uses Ableton Live on stage. We talk a lot about playback. Uh, we talk a lot about using tracks on stage, but really we'll extend this to anyone that's on stage. Um, last week's episode, I actually recorded live from the NAM floor. So I believe Friday of the NAM show, 2022 NAM show, uh, I recorded a live episode. It's about six minutes long, um, all about why gear is not important. Now, this seems ironic to talk about when you're at the NAM show, which is all about gear, uh, or at least you think it's all about gear. Uh, so maybe felt a little ironic, but I, I felt like it was something, maybe a different voice as you're looking at Nam, where everything is all about gear, uh, particularly, you know, maybe a different voice, a different take on it, but something I, I really believe strongly because I think it's really easy, particularly in an Instagram culture to swipe, to see other people's studios, live rigs and think if only I had that. I could be successful. And that's actually not true. But I talked about that in last week's episode. So today's episode, I want to kind of recap all things Nam. I'm going to answer the question, is the NAMM show dead? Because I've seen a lot of people talk about this. Um, I talked to some people about this at the show um, and uh, saw some content on YouTube where people are basically kind of proclaiming this is the death of the NAMM show uh, completely and, you know, all those sorts of things. And it's all clickbait and it's all things to try to get attention. And I'm not going to blame people for that if that's their, you know, source of income or whatever, trying to get eyeballs on things. But um, I thought I would add at least my take to it. So first, I guess, um, if, if you're unfamiliar with the name show, maybe you didn't see last week's episode or you're just not familiar with what it is, but it's basically a show, I believe it's National Association of Music Merchants, if I remember that correctly. And it's essentially a show where people that are creating music gear, uh, that could be instruments, plugins, um, desk, uh, uh, you know, all sorts of different things. People that are creating um, stuff for musicians to use on stage or in the studio go to Anaheim, California, and they set up a booth. And then people who buy those products and then sell them in stores walk around to the booths to figure out what they should buy that year. And then you also have media folks. I was there with a media badge covering NAM. We ended up doing, um, I think off the top of my head, maybe way off, I want to say 30 something. Uh, videos by the end covering Nam. I felt really good about the coverage. I think going into next year, um, I want to cover even more. I want to get a little more specific about what types of thing I'm covering, things I'm covering, and really have a good game plan of of what to cover. Um, but um, Nam shows is is basically it's a uh, it's not a conference. I made the mistake of trying to explain it to people that way, and I realized. No, it's, it's definitely not a conference. It's a trade show. A lot of booths. If you've ever been to NAB, um, anything like that, it, it's, it's a trade show, right? It's primarily for people to sell gear to, uh, you know, get buyers to, to purchase that gear to then sell in their store. Um, NAM show, it's easy. And I think I made the mistake of saying this earlier that NAM show is all about gear. Uh, in my mind, NAMM show is not all about gear. Um, and NAMM show is all about relationships. And so one, let, let's talk about that first question. The thing I promised to to um, to answer at the beginning of this is the NAMM show dead. I saw a lot of people doing videos. I saw someone, it's kind of funny, talking about uh, doing a video where they're like, you know, really exciting things here at the NAMM show, a lot of great booths. And they showed like the U.S. Postal Service booth. Um, again, people trying to say Gibson wasn't there, Fender wasn't there. You know, it's it's proof that the name show is dying. Well, one, um, there it's been a very multi-year long process of of companies not having a presence at the name show. I think it's less important than it used to be. 
particularly for a software plugin, um, you know, I don't know that you really have to be there. If you get a, for instance, a relationship with Sweetwater, it's not like, um, I feel like you need to, to be there to show your new thing to Sweetwater. You go to Sweetwater to show them that, right. You meet with Sweetwater sales engineers and buyers and do, uh, sales meetings and stuff. And that's kind of the, you know, a way to stay connected there. So I think in that sense, Nam is less important than it used to be. If you're a plugin company, again, um, I don't know that it always makes tons of sense. If you're a gear manufacturer, brand new, uh, I think it's, it makes a little more sense because it's easy to get hands-on, um, kind of, uh, uh, control of things. If it's trying to reach international distributors or, or, or build a relationship with people that will distribute your product, market your product for you, it's best to be there. Uh, one of the wisest things my buddy Al said years ago was uh, he asked me at the 2020 NAM show, the final NAM show I was at before this year. He said, um, he asked, are you going to NAM? I said, ah, you know, I don't know. And he's like, listen, if I was you and I just started a brand new company, you know, marketing to musicians and people selling gear, like this is the place to be because everyone will be there. Uh, and Al was right. And, and I went this year and I saw that more so than ever. Uh, my wife went with, with, with me this year. She was my video guy and filmed everything. And she saw the same thing. Um, is an show dead? Part of the reason people are saying it's because people are backed out. That's been a process for a long time. I remember years and years and years ago when Native Instruments announced they weren't going to have a booth. Uh, I think in 2020, I think Behringer announced they're not going to have a booth. Uh, you know, Fender, Gibson were not there this year. Um, I believe Roland was not there this year. There are big names that were not there, but this process has been happening for a long time. When you, when you get to be a massive, massive company, I think there's less reason for you to be there. Um, Yamaha was there though. They had a whole floor. They sponsored a ton of stuff. Uh, I did some great videos, at least I think with them covering the gear they had. Um, I, I think it was still beneficial for them to be there. I think it was great. I believe Yamaha is based out of California, so it's probably a little easier for them. Um, there were there were also people with varying levels of comfort with uh, being close to people, shaking hands, talking to people unmasked, that sort of thing. Uh, and so I think for some companies, it's just easier to say we're not going to go. Uh, I think next year we'll see more companies show up, but I don't think all the companies that said they weren't going to be here this year, I don't necessarily think all of them are coming back next year. I think some of them just realize um, uh, there's not a huge need for them to, to be at the NAMM show. Uh, for instance, there's a company I met with that they have not had a NAM booth ever, you know, since I've been going to NAM, they've never had a actual NAM booth. Um, but every year I've been at NAM since then, I've met with this particular company. Um, and probably the most important meeting I had this entire trip was with this particular company. So is the NAM show dead? I don't think so. There were, uh, what I heard reported, I think about 50,000 people, which they said was about half the amount of people, uh, vendors, there were less vendors than normal. I will say this is my favorite NAMM show so far because there were less people. It's typically like shoulder to shoulder. You can barely move. You can barely make it through the exhibit hall. It was really nice the amount of people this year. So I got to say, um, I hope NAMM show reorganizes or organizes in a way that, uh, you know, 50% capacity or 50% of what they used to have is uh, sustainable for them because this is a great NAMM show for me. Again, is the NAMM show dead? No, because the NAMM show is not about gear. It's about relationships. And so even a lot of companies, not, not all companies, but a lot of companies that didn't have a official presence there. Um, we're still there in some capacity, taking meetings, uh, chatting with people. You walk the halls. Uh, I met uh, a new friend, Kenny. Uh, Kenny's a music director, musician. I'll link up. I'm going to make a note here to link up to the video I did uh, with Kenny. Um, 
where I got to meet him. He's watched a lot of my content, so it was super helpful. Uh, and that was great. I never would have met Kenny if I w- were not at NAMM. So hanging out at the iConnectivity booth, he had to be the, uh, happened to be there. My buddy Al introduced us. Kenny was like, I love your content. So thankful for it. We were able to grab a video. Again, that's a new relationship that uh, I made that would not have happened if I wasn't there. Uh, you see people that uh, you only see at NAMM. Every year you meet up, you're in the same place. It's a great time to hang, to catch up. Um, so I think, uh, I think in that sense, it was really beneficial and helpful. So I don't think NAMM shows dead. I think it's, it's, it's going to be less than it used to be. And I think it should be that way. Um, <clears throat> I think there's less of a need for, again, companies that are software based, plug-in based companies that already have a well-established brand connection to their customers. I think there's less of that. Um, but if you're an in-ear company, I mean, it's a great opportunity. I was at the Auclair booth with my buddy. Uh, Andy and Johnny, and um, it's like they're taking impressions of, of in-ears there. You can only do that in person. Like, that's a great opportunity to, while people are walking by, grab impressions. They've already got impressions on the books for you. It makes sense to go, hey, they already took my impressions. I'll go ahead and pay them money for in-ears as well, too. So um, 100% show is not dead. It's a little different than it was, um, um, which is great. It's It's all good. Things, things are great. Should you go to NAM? I think so. Again, NAM show is all about relationships. It's about uh, meeting people. You'll see, uh, you know, I, I met probably four or five people that um, are fans of the channel, listen to this podcast, watch my content or subscribers. And um, uh, good to see my buddy Eric uh, there. Uh, met Eric or saw Eric at Disneyland. We met I don't know, Eric, what, three years ago or something. It was good to see him again. Um, you just, you see people, you meet new people, you build relationships. Um, I think it's 100% worth it. Um, I think there's still a purpose for the name show. Again, I think it's all based around relationships. I think it's all focused on relationships. It's less gear. It's it's more focused on relationships. My goal next year is actually be there even longer. We were there um, uh, for all day Friday, all day Saturday. My goal next year is to be there all day Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and potentially even do media preview day on Thursday to get a head start on videos. So uh, I want to go back next year and do more videos than any other company. Um, and just as my, you know, basically going as my wife and I, who are the only employees from studio to stage, um, and want to go have more content than anyone else. Cause it's just super fun. It's like, I really enjoyed, um, interviewing people. I really enjoyed hearing about new gear, making, building new relationships, meeting those of you listening, watching this podcast, watching content. Uh, it was super, super great. So is there a purpose to name 100% it's relationships. It's trying new gear. It's being able to be face to face with a, uh, audio console company to ask them, how do I control your console with Ableton Live and hearing new things are coming or you could do this or you can't do that. That's way easier than email and support, trying to explain your situation, hoping you get an answer. Um, it's 100% worth it. It's 100% worth it. I'd highly suggest that uh, that you go uh, and just and meet new people too. Like I, I'm just super impressed um, the amount of uh, very, very kind, just generous people that I met, that I saw again, that I hadn't seen in a long time. And honestly, my, my soul is just kind of happy because a lot of these folks are, are different walks of life than I am, uh, different belief systems than I have. And, uh, we just had a great time. Like it was just really, really fun. So, um, I really enjoyed it. Now I want to wrap up, um, I said name shows all about people. It's not about gear. I want to talk about gear for a little bit. Here's kind of the big takeaways for me. Number one, I'm really excited uh, to see what happens in the in-ear space. So I talked to ASI Audio. I'm going to make a note to link to this. In fact, I'll link to um, all our name coverage. Uh, again, I think we did 30-some-odd videos. Um, uh, and so I'll link to all those. And then a particular ones I point out here. Um, I talked to ASI Audio. 
uh, they did a little demo of in-ears that they have that basically have ambient mics built into them to pick up what's around you. And you can turn those mics up and down and do some cool stuff with their app of like EQing things um, from the app, which, which is pretty cool. Um, I think there's some really cool stuff in the space of uh, like, what's the next thing for in-ears? We, we've kind of been at this, this uh, not necessarily crossroads, but we've been at this place where like invention or innovation in in-ears is just like, let me add some more drivers. Let me tune it a little different. Let me do this. Let me do that. I think some of that is just marketing speak. Some, you know, a lot of people talk about their pat patented technology. Um, and sometimes that's a real thing. And sometimes it's just like marketing speak for, we tuned a driver a little differently and we call it the, you know, the super frag, fragilistic XBI. I can't even say that. You know what I'm saying? Marketing speak. But the ASI audio booth was really cool. It's basically, again, I'll link this up, basically in-ears with mics on them so that um, you can kind of regain some of what you lose by using in-ears. I believe JH Audio also had a sort of demo that they were showing off. Uh, it felt like to me ASI Audio was a little further down the road. Um, with this, like, I believe they're shipping already and selling stuff. Um, but uh, essentially I'm like, that's, that, there's a lot of possibilities there of adding these mics to in-ears, um, to, to basically kind of regain the ability to, to talk with your bandmates on stage and to hear kind of some ambient noise a little bit and blend that in and essentially almost add like what would be like audience response mics that you would have in a, a you know, out front near front of house or something. I think you can get some of that with, with this. Um, on the other hand, it scares me because I could see people just cranking that microphone up all the way and kind of losing the reason they're using in-ears anyway. But anyway, some cool possibilities with that. ASI Audio had that. was really excited about that. Um, the other thing that I'm super excited about the future, um, and I saw this in a couple different capacities, is just 3D audio, spatial audio, and a live performance venue. So D&B uh, audio had their speakers, the soundscape set up where they're kind of showing how you can move uh, speakers in space. You know, Clang, Clang has obviously been around for many, many years from an in-ear perspective. Um, but that's kind of the same thing. This, this like putting things in particular space to move just beyond stereo to like 3D space. Um, I'm super excited about that. And I'm super excited about the implications of that in live performance, uh, particularly the way, I mean, D&B Audio has a particular bet, you know, their catchphrase is uh, more art, less noise. So they are, they, they seem a little more in touch with the creativity with the like art side of uh, uh, amplification to me more so than some other companies. Um, and I feel like D&B has always been that way, which is great. But hearing their heart behind soundscape, I'm like, to better represent what's happening on stage, to provide better separation, to, to give your, your brain kind of those cues when you hear something and you hear it over here that you look over here, you know, as opposed to just left, right, or maybe missing something because of where you're sitting in the left, right field. The spatial audio thing is really cool. Uh, so I'm really interested in the inner thing, spatial audio thing. Um, the third thing for me that just stood out is... Um, this is going to sound silly, but just the Novation Launch Key 88 key keyboard, because uh, I really like um, uh, the Launch Key series. I like their smaller keyboards. Uh, I'm looking for a, a larger full size keyboard. And I really like that. I also liked it because it didn't have a Fatar keybed. And, and I know that's a big thing and people like it. And that's why people buy um, the Studio Logic controllers because they're really uh, affordable and um, have the Fatar keybed. Uh, but I love that they really work to find a keybed that's not fully weighted, 
but it's not like the cheap plastic kind of response that you get from a lot of keyboards. So uh, that Novation Launch Key uh, 88 was really, really exciting to me uh, as something that, that I saw. Um, and I'm just excited for the future. I mean, the other thing with NAMM Show this year is th the chip shortage kept a lot of companies from releasing new products. So, you know, a lot of smart guys and everyone who comments on a YouTube video is smarter than anyone else in the world would make a comment like, so basically there's nothing new. And it's like, well, yeah, there's this little thing called COVID. I don't know if you've heard of it. Um, and the car companies bought up all the chips. So, you know, audio interface companies were struggling to release things. And, uh, you know, Dante is kind of at a pause till everyone gets chips and can do things. Um, so that that meant in certain spaces, things slowed down. That just means next year is going to be even more amazing. So again, should you go to NAM 100%, particularly next year, when people have the chips and they can start releasing things, it's going to be amazing. Uh, again, I'm super excited about the 3D spatial audio space for live performance. Super excited about in-ears and the innovation that's coming in that space that's already here. Um, going to be super, super great. So um, NAM Show 2022 was a success for me from a business perspective. I mean, it's it's the uh, one of the most important things I can go to and be a part of uh, for my business, far greater than going and teaching at a conference somewhere for sure. Um, NAM was awesome. I'll be back there next year. Uh, would love to run into you if, if you're going to be there at the NAM show. Um, if you want to see all the NAM coverage videos we captured, uh, 30 odd, some odd videos we captured while we were there, uh, I'll include the link in the description of uh, this video in the show notes of this episode. Um, but yeah, thanks so much for watching Behind the Spacebar. This is a super fun podcast every single week. Again, we get back to non-NAM talk next week, so we'll, we'll lose that. Get back to just uh, kind of what we normally do here. Um, but thank you guys so much for your support as always. Um, I believe I mentioned this on the podcast so a little bit ago. I can't remember or not, but uh, I'm officially full-time with From Studio to Stage. Up until um, about two weeks ago, I was working a full-time job and full-time with From Studio to Stage. And uh, because of folks like you watching this, uh, in particular folks subscribing um, to the site, people downloading free content, I'm able to do this full time. And I really consider that a blessing. And that's only because of, uh, of you guys watching this. So, uh, and take it apart in this. So thank you so, so much, um, really from the bottom of my heart. It's not contrived. It's not like a fake marketing speak thing. Um, it's really because of you watching, listening to this, that I'm able to do this full time. So it's a blessing. So I'm thankful. My family's thankful. It's, it's the way we can eat. So help my family eat. Um, and you can become a from studio stage student to do that. But uh, thank you guys so much for your support. Thanks for watching. We'll see you back next week on Behind the Space Bar. Next week's episode is really cool. We're going to talk about why you should create a connected stage. You're not going to want to miss it. Take care. See you on the next one, everybody. Bye. <laughs>